KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Monday, May 1st. There's no clear plan for processing thousands of migrants once Title 42 is lifted. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. A San Diego judge last week ordered to unseal videos of the alleged gang rape of a teenage girl by members of the SDSU football team. A teenage girl accused star punter Matt Adisa and two others of raping her at a house party near SDSU in October 2021. Adisa's attorney sought the release of the videos because they say it proves their client's innocence. The attorney for the now 18-year-old woman opposes the decision. The judge's ruling was stayed for two weeks to give the city attorney time to appeal the decision. The videos being unsealed does not automatically mean the defense can use them in the civil trial. The judge in the case will make that determination. Last December, the DA declined to charge the men accused of any crime, citing a lack of evidence. The San Diego County Board of Supervisors plan to discuss how to fill Nathan Fletcher's seat at tomorrow's board meeting. Fletcher plans to resign on May 15 following a lawsuit accusing him of sexual misconduct. The board members will decide whether to appoint a candidate to serve out the three and a half remaining years of Fletcher's term, hold a special election, or appoint an interim supervisor until an election takes place. The City of San Diego has reached a tentative agreement with labor unions representing more than 60% of the city's workforce. The agreement includes pay increases over the next three years, equity adjustments, special assignment pay, and more. According to Mayor Todd Gloria's office, the agreement will become final once the union's membership approves them and the city council gives its final approval. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a journey through computation, data analysis, and real-world applications. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu. Title 42 is the controversial public health order that allows officials to turn away asylum seekers at the border. It is set to be lifted May 11th, but border reporter Gustavo Solis says no one knows exactly what will happen once Title 42 goes away. There are roughly 16,000 vulnerable migrants in Tijuana waiting to enter the U.S. once Title 42 is lifted. We're 11 days from the official end of Title 42, but Tijuana officials don't know how the U.S. plans to process all those people. No one from the federal government has shared their plans with Tijuana. That's Enrique Lucero. He's head of Tijuana's Migrant Affairs Department. He says Tijuana has a rough plan of what to do on May 11th, but a lot of it depends on logistical questions like how many people will be allowed to cross the border and where. Right now, Lucero doesn't have those answers. He's preparing for the worst. On May 11th, he expects thousands of migrants to leave their shelters and form a long line outside the port of entry. 
Entonces, ¿qué va a pasar? Esos migrantes se van a quedar allí, dormir allí, comer allí, hasta que sean atendidos. They will eat there. They will sleep there. They will live there. Lucero says that if the U.S. only allows a couple of hundred migrants to enter the country each day, it will be chaos at the border. Tijuana's migrant shelters are already at capacity, and they expect even more people to come to the border once Title 42 is lifted. Basically, we're getting prepared, we're constructing to be able to receive more, more people. Pastor Albert Rivera runs the Agape Migrant Shelter in Tijuana. We do know that a lot more immigrants are going to come now that Title 42 is going to be taken away. About 650 men, women and children live in the shelter. The kids play soccer all day while their parents cook and get ready for a shot at asylum in the U.S. Rivera says most migrants think that their journey is over once they enter the U.S., but that won't be the case. More than half of all asylum claims are denied, according to federal data. So he's trying to help get them ready to fight their immigration cases in court. We focus like on evidence, documentation, help them with, with, with all that. So we tell them, okay, you want to do the things legally, you want to win your case and everything. Focus on the evidence and everything. Be a little bit patient. Once Title 42 is lifted, migrants will go through the expedited removal process. Under expedited removals, migrants will be given a credible fear interview. Those who pass are allowed to pursue asylum claims. Those who fail are deported. The Biden administration has said it's going to be surging asylum officers and other resources down to the border to carry out these interviews. Aaron Reichland Melnick is policy director at the American Immigration Council, a pro-immigration think tank. He's been following the Biden administration's transition away from Title 42. He says part of the plan is for Latin American countries to stop migrants from reaching the border in the first place. So U.S. officials will open processing centers in Colombia and Guatemala. These are places that migrants can go to to see if they're eligible for asylum in the U.S. without having to come all the way to the border. But one major question remains. For the ports of entry, the big question is what things are going to look like once Title 42 lifts. Title 42 essentially shut down the asylum process for three years. Migrants haven't been able to walk up to the border and request humanitarian protection since March 2020. That means that asylum seekers really don't know what the situation is going to look like after Title 42 is over on May 11th. And crucially, the U.S. government hasn't indicated what they're going to do either. KPBS plans to be at the border on May 11th to find out exactly what happens. Gustavo Solis, KPBS News. Teachers at the Gompers Preparatory Academy in Choya's View are preparing to vote on whether they will remain unionized. Education reporter M.G. Perez tells us why educators there are divided. In 2019, the San Diego Education Association, which represents teachers in San Diego Unified, got enough support at Gompers Preparatory Academy to convince a majority of the teaching staff to join. Since then, a group of teachers at the public charter school has been fighting for decertification from the union. They say they were forced to join. The California Public Employment Relations Board, known as PERB, has now approved a vote starting May 10th by mail-in ballot. Mark Mix is with the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation, supporting the decertification effort. That's why we're helping the folks at, at Gompers, because the labyrinth of labor law and the regulations are very complicated. And if you miss it, 
you're blocked for another 12 months. The staff of 50 teachers at Gompers will have until June 6th to vote. Leaders with the SDEA have not commented on PERB's decertification decision. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Feeding San Diego's Food Rescue Program has a partnership with the world's largest coffeehouse chain. Reporter Melissa May tells us how it works and who benefits. Since 2016, Feeding San Diego says it has rescued over 3 million pounds of food from local Starbucks stores. Carissa Caceres from Feeding San Diego says over 200 stores participate in the Starbucks Food Share program. This partnership is just such a perfect example of why we cannot let food go to waste. It's bad for the climate. It's detrimental to the climate. We shouldn't be putting perfectly good edible surplus food in landfills. Feeding San Diego says the partnership helps alleviate some of the pressing issues like food insecurity that are really affecting our community members. Melissa May, KPBS News. Coming up, the Padres are back at Petco Park tonight after a weekend series in Mexico City. We'll have that story and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. The San Diego Padres face the San Francisco Giants in two sellout games over the weekend at a stadium in Mexico City, packed with fans from both sides of the border. Reporter Jacob Ayer was there. It was a long way from Petco Park in a number of ways, from the stadium at more than 7,000 feet above sea level to the food and culture of Mexico's capital. Among those in the majority Padre crowd was Oceanside resident Fabiola Rodriguez, who says she feels proud. Even to try to get from the airport of Tijuana, it was so packed and just seeing so many Padres fans, I was like, wow, this is amazing. The game time atmosphere was thrilling, both on the field with a barrage of home runs and in the stands with sombreros, mariachi, luchador masks and loud celebrations. Mexico City resident and baseball fan Alex Garcia called it a big party. So much people is dancing around all the, all the ballpark. It's like they put a song and everybody's like dancing. The series also attracted celebrities, including Chula Vista's own WWE wrestler, Rey Mysterio Jr. He called the Padres the team of Mexico. So coming here and supporting my Padres, my home team, uh, who, who I saw play when I was a kid, my dad used to take me to the games all the time. You know, it's very emotional, man. It's very, very cool. It's a dope feeling. Reporting from Mexico City, Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Actress Rachel Wise was a fan of David Cronenberg's film, Dead Ringers. She saw the story of twin brother gynecologists as a ripe for a gender flip. Film critic Beth Alcamando was surprised by the results. 
As a fan of David Cronenberg and his 1988 film Dead Ringers, I approached the new Prime Video remake with trepidation. But to my surprise and delight, the Dead Ringers show conceived by star Rachel Weisz and showrunner Alice Birch is exactly what a remake should be, a bold reimagining that reveals a new perspective. The body horror is still there, but now it's about making women's bodies visible in new ways. Birch says you'll see graphic images of women giving birth and being cut open for C-sections. I've never really seen that on screen. You know, we see violence all the time. We see death all the time on screen. You know, it's, it's how we all arrived into the world and we never, ever see it. I find that very interesting. Playing twins in the lead role gave Weiss a challenge to sink her teeth into. The characters were written on the page with such psychological complexity and depth and humanness and they were flawed and brilliant and both completely different to the other and yet totally dependent on the other. So it was very, very rich food and brilliant writing for my imagination. All six episodes of Dead Ringers are currently streaming on Prime Video and well worth checking out. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Monday. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org.